0: So, the Black and Missing Foundation is a nonprofit organization that brings awareness to missing people of color. Each year, there are hundreds of thousands of people of color who are reported missing, and we normally don't hear about them. So, this organization has been created to help find them and to also provide a resource for their families who are looking for them. And when we started the organization nearly 12 years ago, 30 percent of missing persons were persons of color and now that number has increased to 40 percent. So there really is a need um, to find our missing. We believe that these stories aren't sensational enough or they're stereotyped. Many times when a person of color is reported missing, they're believed to be involved with some type of criminal act and normally that is not the case. I think We've come a long way, I'm not gonna say I think, I know we've come a long way. We still have a long way to go, but just to make sure that these police reports are taken, um, that when the media contacts the police departments and asks for news stories to really push it out, it's not a black issue, it's not a white issue, it's an American issue. And as I stated earlier, we're just trying to even the playing field. We are pushing the community forward to help us find us because there are hundreds of thousands of people of color reported missing around the country. And if we don't speak up for them, they're silent. Who will? Who will?
1: On December 16th, 2009, Essence magazine published an article highlighting the details of eight missing black women whose cases have received little to zero media coverage. It was titled, quote, Have you seen her? When black women go missing, the silence can be deafening, end quote. The purpose was to show how little media cares to cover missing black women cases. It draws attention to a major flaw in the system. In 2017, residents in Washington, D.C. were in an uproar about the missing black girls in their city. The sheer amount was astonishing. It got people's attention. It made headlines, finally, because police were posting these pictures on social media. The only problem was, the number of missing black girls from that year were no different than the year before. Or the year before that, people just finally started taking notice. I'm your host, Michael, and this is Strange and Unexplained. All right, so I want to start this podcast by saying if you think that there is plenty of information on um, people of color who are victims of crime in the news, in the media, please show me. Let's do an experiment. Look up a, a victim of color right now. Do you know one? Do you know a current victim of color? Someone A case who's unsolved, someone who's missing? Do you know their name? If you search them, what will you find? You'll probably be lucky to find a picture with a name, maybe a height, weight, and then where they were last seen. It is very, very difficult to cover these cases. The main case that I'm focusing on today, it it still, in my opinion, has nowhere near enough to do a podcast episode. But I kept going through these cases and finding these same scenarios, these same situ- situations over and over again, and it infuriated me because these are the cases that need to be covered. These are the cases I want to cover, um, but I can't simply because of the lack of information, and I'm I'm really tired of making that an excuse. So I'm trying to make these cases uh, more normal, more regular, and... Some of these episodes may be shorter because of that, but at least we can expose the conversation. At least we can expose this person's name to everyone and, and get this going, get this active some way, some shape. I mean, I'm nobody. I'm not a celebrity. I'm not um, someone who who is a powerful person, not even in my community so I feel like this is this is my part. I'm trying to do my part. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to actually put some feet on the ground here and do something um to bring some some notoriety to these cases. Okay? So that's my spiel for the beginning of this. Um the main person that I want to talk about during this case is Shirley Marie Gaines. I believe that's how you pronounce her last name. Um Because, believe it or not, I couldn't find any newscasts of anyone saying her name publicly anywhere. I know that's not typically an excuse. Usually I just mispronounce people's names. Um, But anyways, Shirley Marie Gaines. That's all I have. Resolved. Gaines. Circa 2004. That is all that is published on the quote Charlie Project page for missing Richardson woman, Shirley Marie Gaines. The Charlie Project site hosts missing persons, and since Miss Gaines is not missing anymore, her case is listed as resolved. Although that is far from the truth as it could possibly be. No one knows why Miss Gaines never made it home from work on the night she disappeared or why her car was found with a window smashed in in an area of town where she had no clients. So although Shirley Gaines is no longer missing, her case still remains unsolved. Gaines went missing on the evening of September 22, 2004. Her husband last spoke to her around 11 a.m. that day, when she was en route to her next cleaning job. Miss Gaines cleaned houses throughout the day, And as she and her husband owned their own cleaning service, Mr. Gaines cleaned commercial properties during the evening. Their hours were erratic and long, so it was not unusual for them to go all day without speaking to each other frequently. But Mr. Gaines said on her last phone call that she sounded chipper. She sounded upbeat, and he could not possibly understand why or how she could just vanish or she would just vanish, rather, on her own accord. He understands how she could have vanished, but he doesn't understand why she would just walk away. Just to be clear, Mr. Gaines contacted police when he arrived home on the night of the 22nd to find that his wife was not home and he could not get in touch with her. The very next day, the county constable found Shirley's abandoned 1998 Ford Escort in an area near Interstate 30 and Samuel Boulevard, in Dallas. This all took place in Texas, by the way. Gaines had no clients in the area where a car was found, like I said earlier, and when she had last spoken to her husband, she was headed to a house in Capel, Texas, which is just northwest of Dallas. Reports showed that her back windshield was found broken, and a vacuum and some inexpensive wheels were stolen out of the back of her car. Her purse and belongings were gone, too. Now, if you're wondering why she was carrying an extra set of wheels in the back of her car, those wheels were bought by her 16-year-old son. They were bought for her car, for her Ford Escort, um, for when he was going to um, apparently inherit the vehicle from her. I don't know if she was in the market for a new car or what, but apparently the uh, Family had planned on giving him the car, so he went ahead and bought these uh, new wheels for the car, and they were still in the car at the time of her disappearance. So, there was a also her purse and belongings were gone too. Uh, there was a search of the area, including the apartment complex near the Gaines' abandoned near where Miss Gaines' abandoned car was found, uh, but nothing was ever found in regards to. Shirley herself, no trace of Shirley was found anywhere. It was as if she had just vanished. Then, on December fourth, two thousand thirteen, a group of hikers in Rolette, Texas, where Shirley lived, found her body in a field while hiking near Lake Ray Hubbard and that's it. That is all the information the internet has on Miss Gaines to this day. She went missing, and she was found nine years later dead. There are no leads, no clues, no suspects, and no media coverage. More importantly, no more media coverage. Once she was found, I mean, maybe there was local news and things like that, but nothing that I could find. There was no national media coverage for a woman who vanishes for no reason, a woman who was very stable, a woman who had a loving family, vanishes for no reason from her job, shows up dead nine years later, and then there are no leads, no clues, no one's looking into it. That is all the information on Shirley Gaines. And of course, if anyone does have information about this case, please call Detective David Waters at 972-412-6280 or the Criminal Investigation Division at 972-412-6220. Now, as for theories on this case, um, if you dive deep into Reddit, uh, well, you don't have to dive very far If you search Shirley Marie Gaines, you'll find one, maybe two posts, depending on how it's spelled. Um, But there are some interesting theories in there. There are some people that that try to place the blame on the father or the son um, over just simple discrepancies, uh, like for instance, um, close relatives of Shirley's claim that she was only married once, um, and that was to her current husband. Um, although her husband had apparently slipped up during an interview and said that she had been married three times. Now, it is not uncommon for people to call themselves married when they're with someone for a long period of time, especially if they have children with this person, regardless um, whether or not there is a certificate involved. And that's to me, that makes no sense whatsoever. I don't understand how that could... Um, how that could put the, the husband in a bad light in any way whatsoever. It just doesn't make sense. And then another theory is, well, maybe the son was going to inherit the car because he planned to off his mother. I mean, come on. Get out of here with that shit. This, this is a big problem with a lot of the missing people of color cases in this country. Too often do they get dismissed as runaways. Too often do they get dismissed as um, living a dangerous lifestyle or, for lack of a better term, asking for it. I hate hearing these, these theories and these reports made up by people who don't know, people who are not in the situation, people who are just grabbing, grabbing at straws, really. But the problem is that the media runs with this. The police force runs with this. When they get hint that a child, especially a child of color, may be a runaway, they're not looking for them. They're not even considered missing. So I want to pause right here after you've heard what little facts we have about the Shirley Marie Gaines case. And I want to insert the Lorne synopsis right here. Because Lauren also studied this case, and I'd like to hear his opinion on this and uh, this epidemic that is facing our country now. So, without further ado, here's the Lauren synopsis. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren's synopsis. Breaking down the case like, breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren synopsis, breaking down the case like, breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. it's time for Lauren synopsis, breaking down the case like, breaking down the case like cardboard boxes.
2: What's up, people? Lauren here, here to get my thoughts on this week's Strange and Unexplained, the disappearance and what I believe to be subsequent murder of Shirley Marie Gaines from Richardson, Texas, in the Dallas area. She was reported missing in september of 2004 she was out that night working she owned a cleaning business with her husband he was um i believe off picking up their son from school and she was going from one home to the next um, that she was going to be cleaning and the she never made it to that second home um she didn't make it home that night and that's when her husband became concerned and uh phoned police her husband's name was sam She had had prior relationships. She she had had three children with uh, um, other men, I believe. Um, Sam had also had a couple of other marriages. Um, And so her car would end up being found the next day. Um, Her Ford Escort would be found 20 miles away from where she was supposed to be, the destination she was headed to for that second home to be cleaned. The first home that she had cleaned that she had left and she had called her husband from had been locked up um nothing looked uh nothing looked off in that situation so she apparently left that home that she had been cleaning headed to the next home and never made it something happened um and uh the car as i said would end up being found and it was in a very concerning state the, the back window was broken the vacuum cleaner uh, a, that she had used um in cleaning the homes was missing and some cheap rims that were in the car i guess this car was going to be gifted to their to her son um, Soon, who I believe was 16 at the time. So he was about to start driving, needed his, needed his own wheels. And uh, the wheels, the cheap wheels that he had in there um, that I guess he was going to put on the car for a little more style were missing. Kind of odd that a vacuum cleaner and some cheap rims would be missing. Uh, more on that in a minute. Um, but yeah, uh, her person ident- or identification were also missing. So this car's found and there's a gunshot hole in the car as well. Very odd, does not look good. Um, and it's 20 miles away from where she was supposed to be. And there's not a whole lot of information that, um, is out there. You know, it's, and it's, it's hard to not think that it has something to do with the skin color, with the fact that she's a black woman. I know that they don't, um, uh, missing black women, uh, just don't garner the same media attention, unfortunately, as white women that go missing. It's kind of a known thing that's occurred. Um, very unfair and not right. Um, but that that's what we're working with is just not that much information. Um, it's a missing woman and there's you know it's clearly foul play here. Um, I don't know how much it's hard to tell how much what the police really did in their investigation. did they interview her prior relationship, you know her her the father of her other children did she, did they interview them as potential suspects? the husband how much did they look into him? Um, but I, I tend to think that this was more of a random act uh, kind of a, um, opportunity, a crime of opportunity. I think she, someone got in the car with her on her trip, maybe not far outside of the house that she had cleaned somewhere on the road. Someone got in with a gun. This is my theory. Um, someone got in with a gun, um, and the the stuff was removed, the cheap rims and the vacuum were removed from the back seat, uh, maybe to put her body in that backseat or to, you know, tra- to make it her easier to transport. I'm not sure. I don't know because there's not much value to a vacuum and some cheap rims, you know. Um, and the bullet hole. I feel like there, maybe there was a scuffle inside the car. Maybe she fought for her life. The gun went off. She ends up being killed. Um, and we do know that her body was found nine years later in 2013 um, by three men that were out hiking on a trail. Um, she was found in a wooded area, discarded of. Cause of death, I mean, obviously she was too far. She basically skeletal remains at this point. Um, And she was found in Rowlett, Texas, quite a ways away from where her car was found as well. So there's, her car's found 20 miles from where she should have been. And then her body's found even further away the other direction. So um, to me, I just feel like someone got in the car with her with a gun um, I don't know what their motivation was, whether it was, you know, a, a sexual assault type of situation or if they just basically wanted to rob her of her purse and her belongings and try and get some money off of her. Um, she fought and the gun, you know, the person ended up killing her and then had to cover up the tracks. Um, but as I said, we just don't know. There's not enough out there, unfortunately. Um, and maybe there needs to be more public pressure to, to you know, follow up on leads and whatnot um, but yeah, that's my thoughts. I, I feel like it could potentially be a, um, opportunity crime where it was just, uh, someone got in the car, carjacker, then ended up killing her and then had to cover their tracks. But it also, you know, you can't overlook the fact that she did have former relationships. She had children with other men that maybe didn't want to pay child support anymore, something along those lines. Um, her husband seemed to be pretty forthcoming, with, you know, stuff. I thought I found it a little weird. I did hear that he kind of cut ties with her children afterwards, but I guess that they weren't his kids. And he's apparently very distraught about losing her and, and very confused. And so um, I don't know. I, unfortunately, there's not just not enough information out there to really um, dive in more. But yeah, that's my that's kind of the problem. And that's why this I think Michael chose to cover this case is that just the fact that there's not enough out there, you know, and and as I said, if she was a white woman, there probably would be more out there. Uh, So that's my thoughts on this week's case. I hope you guys enjoyed it and uh, we'll see you next time.
1: All right. Excellent synopsis, Lauren, as always. Um, Yes. I, he mentioned the bullet hole in the car. I totally forgot about that. Yes. The, the rims and the vacuum, uh, were missing from the vehicle. They were not found. They were in the vehicle when she was attacked, but they were not found with the vehicle later. But like Lauren said, that stuff could have been thrown out to to create more space in the car for whatever reason, maybe to transport her body, maybe. Um, and then also uh, he touched a little bit on the husband cutting ties with his stepchildren after her passing. I don't think that's necessarily a weird thing. Um, because some of these children... Yeah, a couple of the children maybe have lived with her for a long period of time and kind of known her pretty well. And, and I mean, known him pretty well. I'm sorry. Uh, her, her biological children that were not his lived with him, okay? They grew up with him. But that doesn't mean that once their mother is gone, they're going to keep in touch with this man. They already have a father, I'm sure, right? I mean, their father, regardless, regardless of where he is, their biological father is probably going to be the man that they turn to at this point, right? Let me give you an example. My wife grew up in a Brady Bunch-style family. Uh, her dad had four kids when he met her stepmom, And she had, her stepmom had two. And when they got together, my wife was six, I believe, six, seven years old. And now, even today in present day, she feels like if something were to happen to her father, she probably wouldn't have a very good relationship with her stepmom. Or maybe at this point in their lives, they would just split directions. It would just be easier, because my wife has connected with her biological mom, so therefore doesn't need the the other thing. I know this is, this is like a totally, it's case-by-case case scenario, right? I've said that before. I don't believe that family is blood. I believe that family is people who are there for you, and people you want to be there for as well, people you want to spend your time with. Your family is not your blood. So... It's a case by case scenario. You can't you can't put anything on this man by saying, "Oh, he had nothing to do with her family after she was gone." He must have had something to do with it. Now, the theory that an ex husband may have been the attacker—that's interesting. That is quite interesting. But how would they know where she is? I don't know. Maybe they were keeping in touch with her some some way. Um, maybe they would know where she is. But there's just Like we've said over and over again, there's just simply not enough information here. There's not. There's got to be more. With a bullet hole wound in the car, things were missing. Her body was exhumed. The car was found. You have... What else do you have? You have her cell phone records, right? There's got to be some sort of cell phone records because also... Uh Something I forgot to mention earlier was when she got finished with a call or when she arrived um, at a new house to clean, or when she finished either way, she would phone the owner of the home to let them know. I'm sure that was for maybe if she was paid hourly, or just to let them know that the house was locked up, the property was was sealed, like everything's good, right? And there's no evidence of these calls happening. So maybe someone could have gotten to her as she was leaving a property because she apparently did finish cleaning the house that she was at and then she goes missing. And the owner of that home says never received a phone call from her. So that's very odd. Because I feel like she would want it would be in her best interest to call and let them know when she is done with the job, correct? Now, some of these rural areas out in Texas, they, they of course, they have spotty cell phone service. I get it. I live in the South, and I live in a small town, and there are areas here, there are areas on the road that I live on that I still can't get phone service. I understand that, and we're here in 2020. But there is more to go on on this crime scene. There was Whether there is now or not, uh, that remains to be seen, and I highly doubt it. But then, and within those nine years in which she went missing and they found her body, there was more that could have been done. That's obvious. So, that's Shirley Marie Gaines. Um, I did want to talk about another woman who there... Still, not a lot of information, but a lot of information... Uh, considering that she was a black woman that went missing, okay? Her name, I'm going to do my best on this, Daimashow, but she went by Dee Dee Collins. She went missing in August of 2003. The Atlanta-based mother of five was working as a real estate loan officer. She was married, but the two seemed to be having relationship problems around the time Dee Dee went missing. Uh Uh-oh, here we go. She had allowed her husband to move back in in August, but told her mother she was planning on divorcing him. She was last heard. She was last heard from during a phone call with a friend, who had loaned Dee Dee her car. This friend claims Dee Dee was seeing someone else at the time of her disappearance, but did not know who the other man was. That was the last time anyone heard from Dee Dee. The SUV that Dee Dee had borrowed was found three weeks later abandoned. And that is all the information on this missing woman. There's no media coverage on Didi, no reward, just a worried family, concerned friends, and they're all left wanting answers, wanting closure, most of all, wanting their loved one back. So both Gaines and Collins' cases have remained unsolved. Now, obviously... If you have any information on the whereabouts of Demichao or D.D. Collins, contact the Atlanta Police Department at 404-853-4235. Now, if you'll notice, in the information that I just gave you, what's the conclusion that you would come to? It's a rhetorical question. For me, the conclusion that I came to the first time I read through is what uh, she left with this other guy. Obviously, she was tired of her life. She couldn't deal with it anymore. She wanted to be away from her husband, maybe even the kids. Maybe she was, maybe she hooked up with this other guy and they ran away together. They ditched the only car that anyone had ever seen them in or knew that they could have been driving and they just dipped out. And I think that's the way it looks to the police, that's the way it looks to authorities. But Judging by what family and friends and the testimonies that they've given, the things that they've said, it just doesn't seem like a woman who would leave her children. It really doesn't. A mother of five? A mother of five just up and leaves her children? Now, we've we've heard stories, right? I mean, there are women like Casey Anthony, right? There are Diane Downs of the world. I get that. Um... But just something doesn't seem right here. Uh, who is this other man? Has be was he questioned? Was he found? Was he take was he taken in for questioning? Give a lie detector test? Anything? Does anybody even know who this man is? His name? Someone knows something, right? So guys, I want to leave you um, with a poem. A beautiful poem. That was written by a young woman by the name of Alexandria Ellison. And she performed this on an actual TED Talk video. The poem is about five minutes. But it's written about an incident she experienced. Where she was almost taken. She was almost kidnapped. As a woman. Not as a child. As a woman at at college age. And it gives excellent insight into the mind of, of not only a black woman, but I think in the mind of a woman in general, a woman who is, um, who is alone and who feels vulnerable, just doing things that we do every day, just walking down the street, just walking down the sidewalk in the town that she lived and that she attended college. So again, This is Alexandria Ellison.
3: It was on Summer Street that the wind became a whining soul whizzing past the bleakness of the sidewalks to a place that inhaled funk and exhaled jazz. I was walking, leaving my friends at 7-Eleven to choose between dollar honey buns and Sour Patch Kids for $1.75. I decided to walk home by myself. I took in a breath full of arrogance and released it with my apprehensions, remembering kickboxing on Tuesday and Thursday nights. A newfound tenacity fueled by liquid courage set me ablaze Boston's dark starless skies, making me believe I was as endless as the empyrean I floated in. I fell down from the starless skies, thrashing and burning. Drake was bumping in my earbuds when a white cargo van was creepily approaching. As it crawled, I watched and watched. I kept my gaze forward, hoping it would drown out the thoughts of what the driver in the van might be trying to do. But it came closer to me until it came to a complete halt. I glued my eyes to the pavement, but it was impossible to remain unfazed when the driver rolled down his window. We made eye contact as he cracked a smile, pulling up to the sidewalk beside me. Flash, this man was not asking for directions. Flash, why is he getting so close? Flash, run. I ran, not because I was afraid to end up on the back of a milk carton. I ran because I knew that this Brown skin, nothing close to airy, and would ensure that this brown face would never make it on the back of a carton of dairy. I was afraid as the night sky became airy, but there was no air left for me to breathe in. Shaken by apprehension, aware of the sexual invitation, filled with indignation, ready to swing with no hesitation, picked up the pace with deeper inhalations, run, before I end up like Teresa Bunn, 21, black, She was seen last in November, but perhaps you can't remember because the media decided to ignore her disappearance. Ten years later, her mother is left to implore to the nation to help find the one she adores. 33% of all missing children are black. But where the public falls flat is that these missing kids are only exposed in the media at a rate of 19%. I think I get the hint. Her body was found strangled and burned and left in a garbage bin. Being black and woman identified must be a sin. It has been inked in our skin since Sarah Bartman. I'm also talking about black trans women who are existing in a state of emergency. The life expectancy of a black trans woman is barely above 30. I thought this was America. Where the hell are we? a place where 46,000 black women are missing. Their names have dropped out of our mouths and sunken into the soil in hopes that they will grow into Boabab trees. Maybe God will set their souls free and release them into the breeze. As I ran away from Summer Street, I must have found 46,000 souls fleeing when a breeze kissed my cheek home safe in a friend's embrace I mentioned it to my mom on the phone the next day hi mommy I just wanted to call to say I walked home by myself last night and I didn't feel safe it got to the point where I had to pick up the pace and run away thank you mom for the phone calls and the texts I know when I was 15 and 17, I wasn't the best. I wanted to grow up, and now I realize all you wanted for me was a chance to grow up. I shouldn't have taken that for granted. I understand why you've been so panicked. Although the world can be cold, I've always had your hand to hold, so thank you, Mom. I hope that every black woman and girl will find a hand to hold, even during dark nights when the air is cold. Even when her shadow feels alone, she will have someone to strengthen her might, someone who won't give up this fight. Thank you.
1: What a beautifully written poem about an awful event. And what's even worse about that event is that probably most women, especially black women, could write a poem about a similar event or at least write a story, a detailed account of something very similar to this happening to them. Probably probably most women could. I'd say by the time that they are... uh, Gosh, I hate to say... I, I mean, I think modestly I'm saying by the time they're 20. But I would say probably by the time that their bodies start changing, and they're fifteen, sixteen years old. Most women have this type of um have this type of story have this type of incidents happen in their life and it's it's unacceptable. It really is my first time hearing that was not my first not my first time realizing um the stress and the anxiety that goes along with walking around as a woman. Um, by yourself in public, um, it, it's not my first realisa- realization of that. I have, I have a wife who is very open with me, as well as I am with her, and I have daughters. So I'm very interested in the safety of women in general. And, you know, you hear, when, in researching this, you hear a lot of tips. I noticed there were a lot of videos of, especially of black women, help trying to help other black women. Trying to give them tips on how to stay safe. You know, carry a sharp object on your keychain. Um, you know, run run when you feel uncertain. Run when you feel leery of someone. Don't wait for them to make contact with you. Be, you know, travel in groups. Try to go out with friends. And I know it's it's not fair. It's really not fair that you have to take all these precautions. It's bullshit. But it's the world we live in. And honestly, it seems that if, if we want to make a change in this, if we want to make a stand, these are the precautions that need to be taken. These criminals, these, these abusers, these predators, they need to be fought on the front lines in whatever way that we can. And I truly believe that. Protect yourself. Be smart. Be safe. So, guys, that's that's this episode, um, and this episode is is more on the missing the missing black women of America. I obviously i can't i can't even begin to mention them all, but there's sixty thousand missing black women in America right now. There's hardly any info on any of them. This is a horrible epidemic that needs a lot more light light shone on it. So, guys, if there's anything, uh, if you have a case that you would like to hear featured on Strange and Unexplained, a case, um, especially a case where it has a victim that is a person of color, whether it be male, female, um, black, Latino, Asian, whatever it is, let me know. Hit me up, let's look into it, because um, I am I'm dedicated to trying to spread awareness about these things. Okay. Um, I want to thank everyone who who listens to the show. Thank you for everyone who subscribes, who has left a review. Um, I want to give a shout out to a few new reviews that we've gotten this week. So I want to give a big shout out to uh, Becca. 1081, left a five-star review. Fire Emoji said, love this podcast. Thank you very much. Also, Drock35 left a five-star review. Says, another great podcast. This is a really outstanding show. Great work. Fire Emojis. Right on. Thanks, Drock. Um, also, Joe Davey1 said, very good. These podcasts keep you hooked all the way through. They are intriguing and interesting and so good. Great job. So thank you very much, Joe. I appreciate that. And everyone, if you have a minute, could you... Click five stars on the uh, app that you're listening to now, or if you can leave a written review, I'll give you a shout. Uh, I'd appreciate it very, very much. And there's also another way you can support the show, and that's with a monthly donation on Patreon.com. That's Patreon.com slash S&U Podcast. I want to give a shout to a couple new patrons uh, that have joined over the last week. Uh, Derek Hillenberg and S. Vadia. Guys, thank you so much. I cannot... Express how much I appreciate that. Funding a podcast through Patreon gives the creator the most freedom in what they're creating. Uh when a podcaster has to rely on ads, there's a lot of there's, you know, the pod the advertiser typically depends on where the ad. I mean, they decide on where the ad goes. They decide on how long the ad is. Of course, we can accept it or not. Um, but You know, we have to make a living, too. So, (laughs) Patreon is my personal favorite way to support podcasts that I love. I support a few podcasts on Patreon as well um, because the money goes directly to the creators, or at least more of it does. Of course, Patreon takes their cut, but, you know, it is what it is. But, guys, I want to thank you uh, so much for supporting the show any way you can, even if it's just listening on a weekly basis. Those downloads, those subscribes, they help tremendously. Um, you can also go follow us on social media at Sandu Podcast. That's on Gmail. That's, uh, well, Sandu Podcast at Gmail if you want to send me an email. Um, or at Sandu Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Also, we have a Strange and Unexplained page on Facebook. Uh, many of these things you guys can find going, going to uh, truecrimeguys.com because uh, we are under the True Crime Guys umbrella here at Strange and Unexplained, True Crime Guys Productions. Mm-hmm. If you're unfamiliar with that podcast please go check that out true crime guys it's where uh, i co-host um, a discussion type podcast with my good friend lauren and it's a little more uh, a little more levity there a little more uh banter a few jokes here and there of course never at the victim's expense but it's a different type of true crime podcast if that's what you're into but guys again i want to thank you for your time i want to thank you for listening and i will see you guys next week Remember, be strange, just don't be a stranger.